welcome to Mixed Feelings, a podcast about news, politics, and pop culture on the Really FM network. I'm Quinn Rose, and I am here as always with my co-host Jillian Parker. Hi, everyone. Hi, Quinn. Hello, Jillian. How are you? Ugh, we are thriving as per usual. Have you noticed you only say that when you're not thriving? See, I feel like that that is true, but it can be misleading because I feel like I do say that when I'm also thriving. So it's very unclear. See, thriving isn't something that happens to you. It's something that you decide is happening to you. <laughs> oh my god, more accurate accurate words have never been spoken. That probably could have been put in a more concise way, but guess what, y'all? It is two in the morning. And it is almost 9 p.m. here, so clearly Quinn is not thriving right now. Not thriving, but that's fine. We're plugging right along. I actually just got back from, well, an hour ago now, but I went to see Shakespeare at the Globe today. They were doing Much Ado About Nothing, and it was very, very good. That's so exciting. Who'd you see it with? Oh, our entire program went. Oh, okay. Ugh, that's amazing. Yeah, it was really cool, except, yeah, we didn't get back until really late, and now, I mean, we can't record until really late anyway, so it didn't affect my life that much, but, um, uh, my brain is dying, so we're gonna take it low-key today. Yeah, we're gonna try to make this as painless as possible for not only you, but also us. Welcome to the chill episode. To be honest though, like the next month after this might also just be us doing more chill episodes because like I it's going to be late for me every single time. Um maybe at one point I will pull my life together. Yeah, but I feel like when when you pull your life together, I will probably not have mine together. So yeah, just expect chill news from us for for the rest of the summer. It's light, it's fun. We're so happy. I mean, that's a stretch. (laughs) Literally, yikes. No, but seriously, I have a question. Mm Mm-hmm. Shoot. We are media broadcasters, correct? I guess you could say that. So why are we not making two million pounds a year? Because we live in the U.S. and salaries are denominated in dollar terms. All right. Why aren't we making $2.5 million a year? That is an excellent question, and I do not have an answer for that. For all of you who are wondering what the heck I am talking about, very recently the BBC released all of its numbers of what it pays all of its stars. Um, That is all its stars that make over 150,000 pounds, I almost said dollars, pounds a year. Um, They... In the article that I was looking at, they don't clarify how this number is calculated, if this is just, like, money in the bank salary, um, or if this includes anything else, but that's what they said, like, these are the salaries of our highest paid stars, and people took a look at it, and they were like, hmm, this is a really male slanted, and it's also extremely white, so that's interesting, especially when you get, like, Especially when you have co-hosts like on the same show or extremely similar shows where um, the man is paid more than the woman and people were like, that doesn't seem, something seems off there, you know, pay gap, what's going on? 
So that's all something that people are talking about right now. But I also think it's interesting that the BBC released all of its information itself. Like, I honestly, when I saw these headlines, I thought just, just someone hacked the BBC because, like, that's the world that we live in now. But no, they actually published that information by themselves, which I think is actually really, really cool. Yeah, that was definitely a bold move on their part. Um, I'm about it. I think transparency is the latest trend nowadays, so that's fun. Yeah, it's all fidget spinners and Snapchat hot dogs and job transparency. Snapchat hot dogs. Literally, why Snapchat? Why? I don't get the Snapchat hot dog at all. That's not what this topic is about, but I'm so confused. I'm such an old person. I just don't like hot dogs. Like, even when I ate meat, there was just something weird about hot dogs. Oh, I loved hot dogs. (laughs) Did you really? Oh, yeah. I loved all trashy meat (laughs) i loved all meat let's just say that okay fair fair anyway i agree that uh job and salary transparency is super important especially for things like um the you know like gender and race pay gaps for example that's um lack of transparency is one thing that contributes to that because people are too scared to ask each other like what they're making and what they should ask for a starting salary and all these other things. Yeah, and another thing that's super interesting is that the second guy who made the most money um, is Gary Lineker? Is that how you say it? I have no idea. I don't know how you pronounce his name, but I'm like strangely attracted to him. But he, there's somewhat of a drop-off. Um, I mean, he makes between like 1.75 and 1.8 million pounds, um, which is still, like, a significant amount. Um, but yeah, he specializes in the, the sports area, whereas, um, I guess Chris Evans does everything else. I'm just learning about all these people at the BBC who I never knew anything about. Like, I knew that Chris Evans, I know Chris Evans is pretty famous over here even though he's not famous at all in the united states um but i had no idea that he was like this well paid that's like i am a radio present no i'm not a radio presenter but i talk into a microphone (laughs) so it's basically the same thing right what is it it's like um Chris Evans talks into a microphone. I talk into a microphone. Chris Evans makes two billion or two million pounds a year. I talk into a microphone. <laughs> we should just start doing this show in memes instead. And a female presenter doesn't actually show up on the list until number eight. So that's interesting. Um, and she makes between three hundred fifty and four hundred thousand pounds per year. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and of this list of people making 150,000 pounds a year or more, only a third of them are women. So there's clearly imbalance at the BBC as to who's getting paid. I, I like kind of want to be optimistic and say it's not just because, you know, she's a woman, but like other factors, like there are more guys probably at this um, at this place than females and blah blah blah. I, like that's not a very good reason though. It's just like, oh no, it's fine. We just only hire men. <laughs> yeah. Well. 
You win some, you lose most, I guess. Yeah, I mean, like we've talked about before with all kinds of pay gaps, it's probably a combination of a lot of things. It's people not being transparent with how much they're making, and so people not knowing, like, how much to ask for, not realizing that their co-hosts are making more than them, and so not knowing, like, to negotiate for more. And then on the other ends, like, different household expectations of child rearing and different amounts of time to be able to devote to work if they're parents. Um, and, you know, a differentiation in the number of men and women that they're hiring, possibly. I mean, I haven't looked at the statistics for the entire company, but there is that as well. There's all sorts of things. And so it, it's with any kind of pay gap, like this gender pay gap at the BBC doesn't have to be like sec- just like 100% sexist discrimination in order for it to be a systemic problem that the BBC has to address which I do think that this publication is part of that. I don't think mm-hmm. they would have published this if they weren't prepared to handle the backlash from this information and, and to put themselves in a more positive direction. Mm-hmm. Yeah, definitely. Um, but if you are like me and want to play devil's advocate, um, if you actually Google like these two researchers, um, they do like a lot of work. On not BB, uh, BBC specifically, but just on the um, gender pay gap. And it really is like a combination of many different things. And most of it does happen to do with like, uh, not necessarily women are being paid less because they're women, but a lot of things that women uh, conventionally or statistically are more known to do, they just like, it just so happens that they end up getting paid less because they do work less hours and they do put their families first and things like that. So um, there definitely is some sort of systemic problem thing going on, but we just have to like be aware that there are studies out there um, like by Claudia Golden, uh, Lawrence Katz, um, who do show that the gender pay gap is not as severe as some sources say it is. Well, yeah, I mean, I, I think that's what I'm trying to say but I'm just looking at it from a different angle um is because like this is something that I've studied and I've also read these articles but like I also consider those systemic problems I mean this idea that that women are automatically expected to make this choice between like putting their career first or putting their family first whereas men are just expected to um this is in like heterosexual households with children like men are expected to just like focus on their career and they don't they're not placed the same household responsibilities of both child rearing but also like the emotional labor that goes into running a home is generally placed on the women automatically Mm -hmm. not in all cases but like that just becomes the default in our society and so even though stuff like that isn't necessarily things that are fixed at the workplace they are things that contribute to um the pay gap in the workplace and so like, all this stuff kind of has to be addressed together. Now, for the BBC in particular, like, I don't know about any of these people's home lives, like, literally nothing. Um, but even if that is one factor of it, that doesn't mean there isn't other stuff going on um, that could be fixed, like, at the workplace level. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I definitely want to agree with you on that point where you said that it's mostly, well, at least how I interpret it is that there is a systemic problem, but it mostly has to do with the expectations of women. And I think that's like really important in how in order to fix these problems that we do see, like if we do see um, some sort of significant pay, uh, pay gap within a company itself, 
um, that there are, you know, external factors that have to do with societal expectations and what women have been, in quotes, known to do, like, since however long um, versus men who are, you know, the typical, in quotes, breadwinners of the family. But uh, don't even get me started on that. Oh, also, side note. I, during my internship today, we had a panel of women and already like one of the questions was like, how do you balance like family and work? And it was just like, oh my God. And then the women started talking about their like four month maternity leaves. And I'm just like, I am literally 21. I don't know when I'm eating for dinner. <laughs> like, <laughs> I got really stressed out. That's all very intense. Um, I will say on this note, because I don't have the data on this, but I, you know, you still hear stories about this happening to people is like them being in a workplace, especially in a male dominated company and female workers will receive comments about um, if they're going to get pregnant, um, if they're planning on having children and like how that'll affect their job performance and all that kind of stuff. Um, And if you have ever done that to a woman, that's bad don't do that like this a, a, a person's womb is none of your business in any situation unless you are planning on putting a human being there in the near future agreed definitely um yeah and i think i don't know i just think it's interesting i guess this is getting you know a little bit off topic but how you know the word um the title ms was so, like, people didn't discriminate between Mrs. and Miss, like, versus, you know, someone who's married and possibly starting a family versus someone um, who's Miss and maybe she's unmarried and younger and things like that. And how, you know, either one is, like, can be used in a, has a negative connotation depending on what angle you want to play it, right? Like, oh, I'm not going to hire the Mrs. because, like, she's going to have kids and leave the job versus, oh, I'm not going to hire the Miss because she's going to leave when she gets married. You know, so they came up with this Ms. alternative, but as Quinn said, they still get a, they get around this by you know like straight up asking, which is just really uncomfortable. Um, but also, I want to note that in Germany, it is typical practice to like put whether or not you're single or married on your resume, which I just think is funny. That's so weird. Yep. Uh, I gotta you gotta love German, you know, transparency, efficiency, and just being upfront. Oh, on that note, though, I also want to give a shout out to Sheila Michaels, who was um, the feminist who popularized the prefix of Ms. um, because she just passed away a couple weeks ago. So thank you for that little title there, um, because it would really weird me out to still identify as Miss. So I like that we have another thing. So that's cool. Yeah, agreed. So, in conclusion, don't place sexist expectations upon women um, in the household or in the workplace. And be transparent with money, because the more transparent that everyone is with their income, then the better off everyone will be, probably. Yeah, in theory. That's usually how it should go. (laughs) Sorry, I just had this image of, like, like you working in finance and making a ton of money and then me like asking you how much you make and then me walking up to like 
my like audio production job that I have where I make a minimum wage being like uh, my friend Jillian is making this much money so I really think that I should be <laughs> making a little bit more money oh my god stop literally I get paid a ridiculous amount of money to get coffee for people so that, that doesn't make me feel better Jillian <laughs> Okay, but at least, you know, you're contributing and adding value that's not caffeine. But someone could be contributing money to my bank account. Ooh, but um, I wish we had one of those thingamajigs. Those contraptions that the news people use. I don't know what you're talking about. A soundboard? Yeah, and like the drum thing with the cymbal. Oh yeah, we could just get a bell. So speaking on the general inequality of women... Saudi Arabia. <laughs> oh, what a good yikes. start to a sentence. Um, but yeah, so Saudi Arabia was in headlines this week because there was a Snapchat video of a woman walking around in a t-shirt and a miniskirt, and she was arrested because this is illegal in Saudi Arabia. Women there um, wear uh, these long robes, basically, where you can't see any physical features of their body. They also usually cover their hair, sometimes even their face. Um, they're not allowed to go anywhere without male chaperones. They can't drive. It's, they're basically, like, legally treated like children. Mm-hmm. Um, like, they have to have guardians to go places. It's, it's, it's bad. It's pretty messed up. Um, which is interesting, because they can, like, have jobs and stuff but they can't like get to the jobs by themselves anyway so Saudi Arabia is like uh extremely unequal in terms of its treatment of women um and so this woman was arrested but she was questioned by the police um and then she was released without charge so that's good at least like of course according to like our standards um of society she should never have been arrested in the first place uh but at least she wasn't Like, at least nothing happened to her, which is actually, like, a surprisingly nice end to that story. Um, But, of course, this isn't an end to the story because this is still, like, a very real issue that's happening in Saudi Arabia and other places across the world. Yeah, wow. These are the expectations we have. A woman did not get... (laughs) A woman did not have to go to jail for wearing, you know, just a regular everyday outfit but anyways um two things i want to say one does it bother you that you say unequal but then you say inequality like there's a difference in prefix for the verb not the verb for the adjective and the uh the noun i'm gonna tell you the truth i have literally never thought about that oh okay well anyways moving on to my next point if you can consider that a point. Um, somebody tweeted and shared the clip, like the video of her walking um, on Twitter with the, with the quote, if she were a foreigner, they would sing about the beauty of her waist and the enchantment of her eyes. But because she is Saudi, they are calling for her arrest. So I just think that's like super potent just because, you know, like... Ugh, how standards of beauty like cha- are, like obviously vary from country to country but then like the way we hold other people to like different standards depending on where they come from yeah they, some other people pointed out that um recently the trump's visit saudi arabia and melania and ivanka 
did not cover up um they were just wearing like normal clothes um and so that was considered you know fine i guess um and there's that's always like a big debate is like what do um female like diplomats and and government figures from other countries wear when they're visiting countries with modesty laws like this but of course it's a big no-no for any woman who actually lives in the country and is subject to these laws to break them in this way which is messed up i this is an example that i think really beautifully illustrates this concept that i've been thinking about a lot recently which is the difference between morality and legality and usually i think about this in a much more nuanced sense where there are some things that i think aren't illegal but are like very bad and can still um it can still have very negative effects on the world um so that's something i think about a lot lately and this is kind of the other side of it is like this was illegal but it wasn't in my like western woman opinion immoral like that's an outfit that i would wear and i don't like there's no part of my brain that even considers that to actually be immoral um, but i can still understand that like it is illegal in this context yeah i think it's just super hard for us to like be able to fully i don't know understand this just because you know we do come from united states and there really isn't a dress code here you just i mean public nudity but anyways um it's just it's it just reminds me of like oh wow this is gonna get deep but how we're so close all of us like humans in general like biologically genetically via dna whatever you want to say um but yet our backgrounds just make us so different and sometimes i i feel like we're different species no that's interesting because so right now i'm studying evolutionary biology but um we're in the like history of science course basically beforehand so um we're studying like darwin and wallace and all these people who are involved with the discovery of evolution and natural selection and so one of the things that we were looking at was um linnaeus's first taxonomy of species so like the first naming and organizing of species that was a precursor to the system that biologists still use today and in the chart you have like humans but um it's divided into different like categories of human and that was because racism because everybody was so so racist but that's it's interesting and we don't think about people like that anymore that were actually like different varieties of humans which is like how they thought about it then but with different so-called races and even cultural groups it can seem that we're just worlds apart yeah and oh my god carlos linnaeus is that the guy with binomial nomenclature yeah Ugh, I love that words, like, those words so much. It's so fun to say. Yeah, Um, and I mean, that just means, like, how humans are homo sapiens. There's two names, binomial nomenclature. Yeah, genus, genus species, yeah. Yeah, Um, you know, it's, it's lit, it's lit over here in evolutionary biology land. But yeah, so in Saudi Arabia, like, obviously I don't support these laws. Um, Like, and I, I think that it is, 
just extremely misogynistic um, and oppressive that like these laws apply to women um, at that they're literally treated as second-class citizens but at the same time I can recognize that like basically I can recognize that me as like a white western woman sitting here talking into a microphone is not changing anything about the world you know like ooh, Quinn doesn't support it who cares obviously Quinn doesn't support it um and the way that we make change in the world and that um these women get freedom is because they are like going out and earning it for themselves and they are working towards being able to secure more rights for themselves and so for me I think the best thing that I can do is to um keep up with these stories and do my best to look at ways that I can support the women who are there and are who are doing this work I also think this is such, like, if this woman had this in mind and she wanted to, you know, make a statement and fight for women's rights, um, and that she, like, just did this just, you know, to do that, I think that's really brave and courageous, and I definitely would not have been, you know, brave enough or courageous enough to do that, and I think that reminds, I don't know, I feel like, Quinn, you're one of those people, like, if you're gonna change things you're gonna you know be a firework and just like come in and just like do whatever um and I don't know and that's like really good but I and I just like wish I was more like that I'm more like hmm learn the system master the system um and then like get up uh, get up really high in the system and then just like bring everything like crumbling down from the inside but I guess that's just like a personal preference Well, first of all, I I don't believe that this was any kind of political statement. I believe that she said these videos were shared without her consent. So she was just being a person. So there's that. Um, But wasn't there a meme that we both saw where it was like the evolution? It was like a series of evolutions and it started with like fighting against capitalism and then it was like learning about capitalism. It was like using the tools of capitalism against itself and the last one was just like getting an internship at Goldman Sachs <laughs> oh yikes oh god it's like you you can fight it from the inside but like don't forget that last step because if you forget the last step then you're just a rich person yeah and oh my god and then there's like there was one thing I saw and it's like a sticker and it was like um it, it was like study economics um sell your soul to the corporate world uh um do drugs hate yourself never return and i was like oh yikes it all starts with economics that's a, such a negative message yeah i mean it was from you chicago so i don't really blame them no oh <laughs> no that makes sense yeah hey jillian hey quinn Guess what happened this week? What happened this week? The new doctor was announced. Who? <laughs> See what I did there, Quinn? Yeah, I know, I know. I know. You're the worst. <laughs> I am the literal woat, but it's okay. And guess who it is? Who? It's Jody Whitaker. <laughs> Woo! Yay! I don't really know who she is, but... Yes, you do, she... though, because she, she was in Black Mirror. Okay, I only watched one episode of Black Mirror, and that's how I know her, um, but yeah, apparently she's, like, really talented, so. Yeah, 
so Jodie Whittaker is already like a decently well-known British actress. She starred in an episode of Black Mirror, and she was one of the stars of Broadchurch, which is an amazing television. I think it's still on. I'm not really sure, but it's a really good television show. Um, and also, there are now like a ridiculous number of Time Lords in the town of Broadchurch because <laughs> David Tennant is one of the other stars of that show, and it's just like there are only about 15 British actors. Anyway, so first of all, I just need to tell a story of how I learned about this is because. I was in Bath um, with some friends, not like a bathtub. I was in the city of Bath, <laughs> and I had been talking about it the whole day. I was like, the new doctor's being announced today. I was wearing my one of my TARDIS dresses. I have more than one, but I was wearing one of my TARDIS dresses, and I was like, can someone please just announce the new doctor? Because they didn't give a set time. They were like, after Wimbledon. And I was like, when does Wimbledon even end? Anyway. Literally so we the tennis li- tournament? Yeah. Because it's, you know, it's a big British deal and whatever. That's funny. Anyway, so earlier in the day, we had climbed up this giant hill to get these views of Bath. And then we were on our way down, heading to the bus station to go back. And so we're going down these stairs. And so they're, like, really steep. They're, they're not really even stairs. They're just, like, slabs of stone, like, put occasionally in the ground so you could don't just roll down this hill. So anyway, they're, they're pretty steep and they were pretty difficult to get up. And so we're heading down. And I see the news that Jodie Whittaker is the next doctor. And I just start, like, yelling. <laughs> and I'm like, guys! and because I had been talking to my friend earlier in the day about the possibility of the next doctor being a woman and I had been like analyzing it I don't think he cared as much as I liked the enthusiasm that I answered the question with but anyway and I was like they, they actually did it I can't believe they did it and it's Jodie Whittaker and that's so cool and so at this point but I keep like pausing to tweet and so then they're ahead of me, so I'm, like, running down the stairs to catch up with them. And then I'm, like, laughing my head off because I'm so excited. And they're like, Quinn is definitely going to die. <laughs> oh, my God. Yeah, I mean, I think this is so cool. Um, when I saw this, I got excited, and I literally have no idea. Like, I do not watch the series. I am clearly not invested at all. Um, but I just thought it was so interesting that she's, what, the 13th Doctor, and now it's a female after the past you know 12 doctors before her and it's just it's just so cool I love I love gender bending rules yeah so for anyone who's not familiar with the show Doctor Who um it's a really really popular show um in the UK and America and I'm sure lots of other places too and the star of the show is a character called the Doctor who is a time traveling alien from outer space who has two hearts so you know it's very realistic already and um every couple years this is a brilliant move for a show it's been on for 50 years um every couple years when the doctor dies they regenerate into a new form aka a new actor and so we had gone through 12 doctors um in like starring in the television series and then what they'll do like every so the it was rebooted recently, and so there have been four Doctors um, in the, like, version that started in 2005. And so every few years, they'll be like, okay, we're getting a new Doctor, and they'll announce who it is, usually in the spring, and then, like, in the Christmas episode, um, it'll switch over to the new Doctor. And so this time, 
there'd been a lot of talk about it potentially being a female doctor because there's been a lot of talk about that like the past couple of times um, because there's never been any canonical reason why there wouldn't be able to be because like the doctor regenerates into a whole new person every time so why not um but here's the thing is there were so many there was so much groundwork set up for it to possibly be a woman this time like when one of the sometimes when the doctor regenerates they're like oh like am i a woman and they're like oh no i'm still a dude so it's like okay well clearly the doctor thinks that they could be a woman and then there was another time lord in the show who used to be male and then came back and regenerated into um, a female time lord and we were like huh it is canonical that's how this works um and so they had set all this groundwork and then i could not believe they actually did it i was shook i honestly did not think that they would ever be brave enough to do that and then they did Woo! yay this is so cool um uh i mean first of all i just want to say that this is an amazing marketing ploy i mean not the whole i mean jodie whittaker thing and that's awesome but like the fact that you can just keep a series going on and on forever technically with just different actors and have it be totally normal I know, and it, like, they established this with the very first Doctor, like, way back when, and because, like, he wanted to leave the show, and they, but it was popular, and they wanted to keep it going, and it was a totally a surprise to everyone, so, like, the Doctor died and turned into someone else, and no one knew it was going to happen, and apparently, like, people could not get over it, um, and then it just became an established part of the character, and they were like, mm, the Doctor regenerates now, surprise! <laughs> plot twist but yeah um so clearly the internet exploded primarily Mm -hmm. with people being super happy and excited about it um and then also like people being mad about it there is (laughs) wait why would people be mad about it oh my god jillian don't you know women can't time travel time travel is for men only we don't want a tardis full of bras oh my god those are tardis full of bras is an actual quote from someone who was mad about this and i hope it's the name of an episode please god please let it be in the name of an upcoming doctor who episode <laughs> but yeah no people people are always so mad about things jillian because why would this time traveling alien from outer space be a woman that's completely unrealistic and totally ruins my suspension of disbelief for this television show also the doctor has always been a man and it's not like we have canonically established that time lords can regenerate into different genders or anything that is completely outside the canon of the show yeah oh you hate to see it there was a there's there's also a, there's a video about this that I've been sharing because I just adore it. Um, so it's by Sabrina Cruz, who's nerdy and quirky on YouTube, and I'm gonna link it in the show notes. And it's just her like making fun of some of these comments um, about the new Doctor being a woman, and it's just I love it so much. And there's this one part where someone's like another male role model gone, and she goes because there are so few left. I wish I like knew more about the series so I could contribute more to this conversation. But you know what? It's fine. Um, I guess, Quinn, I'm curious, like, you said, like, obviously you were really excited, but what was your, like, gut initial reaction? Like, 
did you ever think for a second, like, oh, maybe this is, like, weird? I don't, you know what I mean? Like, was there ever, I guess, a moment of doubt? Not um, in terms of the Doctor being a woman. Like, I was really excited about that. I was really excited that it's Jodie Whittaker because I um, already really loved her in Broadchurch, and I think she's going to do an amazing job. Um, and so on that level, I was like, no, it was just I was just excited. Like, I never saw it being a problem um, for the doctor to regenerate as a woman. There is on another level though that um, people have been talking about and I think that like is a super important conversation about this is um, a thing that we've been seeing in kind of geek pop culture recently is this um, tide turning towards female heroes which is actually so wonderful and like we have Rey and Star Wars um, and everyone in Wonder Woman and um, now we have a new doctor and all these people, but all of them are white women. And although it's really cool to finally have these women in these hero roles, like it's pretty unacceptable that they're all white and that like there isn't any space being mm-hmm. made for women of color who are also like really cool badass people who can totally be superheroes and Jedi and um, examples to kids. So that's something that I've been seeing some people talk about and I think that like is a really important conversation that needs to be amplified um, and that like we, th- th- like the entire history of feminism in the United States is just like white women getting things and then being like, uh, women of color can have things later once we have them and that's not how it works. We need to move forward together and not like pretend that we're gonna come back and get people and bring them up to the same level later because that's just not how social progress is going to work if it's gonna be effective. I mean, yeah, I guess it's like killing two birds with one stone, you know? Like if we're gonna have a mass overthrow of the patriarchy, we might as well all be involved. Yeah, we gotta like stand together, rage against the machine, other band names. So are you going to start watching Doctor Who now? Um, probably not because, well, I would, okay, question, how does one access the show? Okay, this is actually a major problem for me because I'm two seasons behind because they stopped putting it on Netflix. Okay, well, what does that mean now? But, but it is available on Amazon Prime. Yay! Okay, cool. I will definitely try to watch that when I have more time. Um, when I have more time and can actually, you know, use a Wi-Fi source that works. It'll be great. Looking forward to it. Yeah, it's what I did discover though. It is on Netflix in the UK, which just makes me so happy. But the last the the season that's like just happened isn't on or the previous season which are the two that I haven't seen and I'm like this isn't helpful to me at all (laughs) but um uh and I don't know if it's Amazon Prime in the UK I haven't checked but US people you can stream on Amazon Prime if you've got that um and when the new season starts I'll probably just watch it I'll do my best to watch it live I said I was gonna do that for this season and then I only watched one episode but it's Jodie Whittaker so I'll make it happen And on that um, surprisingly very happy note, that's all we have for today. So if you want to find us on Twitter, you can follow us at MixedFeelingsFM. 
Um, or you can find us online at relay.fm slash mixedfeelings. You can also find us in Apple Podcast, where if you want to, you could leave us a review. You can find me on Twitter at aspiringrobotfm. And you can find me on Twitter at underscore Jillian Parker. Thanks for talking with me, Jillian. Uh, thanks for talking to me, Quinn. Always a pleasure. I'm Quinn Rose. I'm Jillian Parker. And these were our mixed feelings. Yeah, definitely. I mean, it's like killing bird, uh, killing birds, <laughs> killing two <laughs> <Just> murdering birds. <laughs>